70% of women with hormonal imbalances have gut problems, some kind of dysbiosis, which can further affect, you know, long-term problems like endometriosis, which is one of the most painful things women suffer. Hey guys, welcome back to the Digest This Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Cameron, and today we are talking all things women's hormones from fertility windows to foods that you need to eat to balance your hormones, getting your period back, non-hormonal birth control options, and everything in between. Candice and Jess are here today. They are a mother and daughter team, and they are just a full of a wealth of knowledge. So please stay tuned because every single minute of this episode is something every woman needs to hear. Many of you listening are probably already aware that I co-created the Digestive Support Protein Powder by NewZest back in 2018. Why? Because it actually works. Unlike other vegan protein powders, mine is made without stevia, fake sweeteners, gums, or natural flavorings. And let me tell you, these additives can really wreak havoc on our digestive system. I also included a specific probiotic scientifically proven to fight off candida and support the gut within the powders. You're not only getting clean protein powder, but also things that actually support the gut, as well as L-glutamine, which helps restore the gut lining. My digestive support protein is vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly, as well as suitable for those on a candida or diabetic diet. It is also glyphosate-free and contains no gluten, grains, or lectins. And if you want to grab a tub and start your journey to a healthier and happier gut and ultimately happier life, go to newsest.us slash digest for a discount and experience what countless others have. Welcome, Candice and Jess. Thanks so much for joining me today. And why don't you guys introduce yourself and tell my listeners who you guys are? Uh, well, thank you for inviting us, Bethany. Um, I I wanted um, my my daughter Jess is such a great. She's our in-house uh, health coach and a health coach of her in her own right um, through Body Jess Body by Bliss. <laughs> body Bliss by Jess, but that's Jess. okay. Sorry. <laughs> I always screw up when I say that. But um, anyway, my my background is um, having been a, a late to maternity, a late to motherhood mom. Um, I started having a lot of heavy duty hormonal symptoms when my kids were little and scary. You know, I always talk about how I scared them with my mood swings and my hot flashes and my sort of outbursts and telling everybody to put on another sweater when I was opening the windows in the dead of winter because I was hot and everybody else was freezing. So I, being a health educator, I have a master's in health education. And when all these hormone changes hit in my late forties, I realized, wow, I've got to get a handle on this, what's happening to me. I knew it was hormonal. So I started reading and and learning and um, reached out to an expert in the field, Dr. John Lee, who wrote one of the first seminal books on hormone balance called What Your Doctor May Now Tell You About Menopause. He wrote another one about premenopause as well. And he had gone over to study with Katerina Dalton in England, who was the physician who actually identified and defined the term PMS, premenstrual syndrome, and identified the 150 symptoms that go with it. He came back to the States and said, hey, there are natural ways to balance hormones and let's learn about it. So I contacted him. He put me in touch with the uh, founder of a one of the first saliva hormone testing labs in the country, ZRT. And I ended up being their director of education for something like 12 years. So I really was in at the beginning of this whole explosion of awareness that hormones matter that hormone health is so important to our emotional, physical, mental well-being, and that um, so many of the things that we suffer with are, you know, that may be hormonal can be can be turned around in natural ways, in in holistic natural ways, without resorting to some of these 
potent um, xenoestrogenic chemicals that so many of us are exposed to through birth control or HRT or many of the environmental substances. So anyway, I got real inspired over those 12 years. I We went through that explosion of integrative health and functional medicine and an awareness that I think is now really taken hold because when I go on Instagram and see all the conversation and talk to the people that I talk to through our little company, our hormone balancing testing company, Your Hormone Balance, um, I'm amazed at the awareness and the, uh, you know, the efforts that women are going to to learn more about the hormone connection to their health. And it's just really taken off. And I think I'm proud to be part of that that mo that movement that that increased awareness. And of course, we still have a lot to learn and we're always learning. But now we have our our company, Your Hormone Balance, which is an online testing and consulting practice. And Jess is our, as I mentioned, our in in-house coach. And she's really very knowledgeable about cycle syncing and nutrition and actually is a whole lot smarter than me, which is what you want from your kids, right? Nice. <laughs> so that's where we are. I'll let Jess talk a little bit more about her different passions in this realm. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Jess of Body Blessed by Jess. And I really came into this work because I had yo-yo dieted for about 12 years. And even though I grew up uh, with a really healthy mom who was having us drink, you know, non-dairy milk before it was cool. And we were fresh juicing on the weekends. And if we had pancakes, they were buckwheat pancakes on Saturdays. And we had a Friday sweet day, which was like our treat day. And we had all these great habits instilled. But, you know, as you do when you get into high school and you start becoming very aware of what the popular girls look like. And, you know, you start to look at your own body and see things that you don't like. And so I started restricting um, to fit in basically because I had gained a lot of weight after quitting the swim team at the end of high school. And so um, it just kind of started me on this trajectory of 12 years of trying every diet under the sun. And I would work out as a form of punishment instead of to see what my body was capable of, you know, instead of getting stronger, I was always trying to get skinnier. Um, I was always comparing myself to other people. I really lost intuition with my own body. I didn't really know how to listen or check in. Um, and I didn't share a lot of it with my family until it had been going on for a lot for a long time because I knew they wouldn't approve and would want me to go more of that holistic route. And so I really had to learn on my own um, through getting my own hormonal imbalances, you know, losing a regular cycle, um, having these debilitating hormonally related migraines, um, having a lot of fatigue, low libido, just relying on coffee to power me through the day, all the things that we now support our clients with. And so I just really hit a breaking point and I decided to kind of channel my roots and go back to my mom and get her support. She helped me to transition off hormonal birth control and regain a natural cycle. I also did a ton of research on my own in the holistic space and got a lot of help for my migraines holistically without taking a ton of prescription medication, which is what I had been doing before. And throughout this healing path, I realized, wow, food is medicine. Self-care is soul food. And I really need to learn how to listen to my body and stop focusing on what everyone else is doing. And so I decided to sign up for the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and get my health coaching degree. Um, I was working in a really stressful job at the time. So I quit and started waiting tables on the side so I could grow my business. And then eventually um, we kind of culminated and joined forces. So my mom, my sister, and I all started to grow the Your Hormone Balance business. And I became our in-house holistic health coach. And now I support our clients in... Um, after they test their hormones in saliva, which is what we do, and they get their results back, um, you know, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming when you start a new lifestyle. And so I help them to make tangible changes when it comes to their nutrition, their movement, lifestyle, just really simple swaps and steps forward instead of feeling like they have to do everything overnight. Um, and so that's really my role in it. And I love it. And I feel like so many of the women that I work with 
I see myself in them and they see themselves in me. And that's what I, you know, really love so much about it. Jess, I love that so much. And there's so many things I just want to ask and great, uh, great information. Now I know for, first of all, so many women go through what, you know, you've gone through, if not all at one point to one extreme or the other to just, when they're in high school, they notice their body and they're, you know, wondering, oh, should I be dieting? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And I feel like that's the start of a lot of hormonal imbalances. That's how a lot of uh, young women lose their periods if they do. And it can be a little bit uh, frustrating when they're now grown out of that, hopefully. And then they're, they're trying to get their period regular. They're trying to get pregnant. So what are some, if someone is going through that right now, maybe they are just trying to regulate their hormones. They're trying to get their period back. What are some natural holistic ways to do that? And is gaining weight the all solution? Because I've heard so many people just say, oh, just gain weight and it'll come back, which isn't necessarily true because I feel like a lot of people may have an eating disorder and they're on the other end of the spectrum where they're like binge eating and they're doing all these things and their hormones are also out of whack. So what are some things that someone can do to kind of regulate that? I mean, I think it's very bio-individual. Like we can't just say one blanket thing to do to bring your cycle back, but there's definitely general guidelines and things that I think, you know, every woman should be doing um, to support their hormones and a healthy cycle. But what I will say is we do always recommend testing to get to the root. And that's really how we support our clients as the first step. And, you know, when you do that through saliva, you're able to pick up um, active hormone levels that have left the bloodstream and gone into the cells where they actually do their work versus total circulating hormones, which is what a blood test will show. So a lot of our clients have already tested their hormones in blood and everything comes back quote unquote normal, but the levels are not optimal. And that's where with saliva testing, we get those active levels. We pick up those hidden hormonal imbalances that correlate directly to the symptoms that the client is experiencing. So they feel so much relief knowing that there's actually something going on under the surface. And from there we can see, okay, these are what your unique hormone levels are doing. And let's take steps based on your unique body versus a blanket approach. So it's always good to get to the root first. Of course, if you're not able to do that, there's definitely things that you can do as well. Um, but what I would say is you definitely want to take a snapshot of your life and your habits. There's a lot of quote unquote healthy habits that are pushed at us through Instagram or the media that aren't necessarily healthy for you. Um, or, you know, are pushed towards women when really that works well for men. Um, but not necessarily for women because our cycles are so different and our hormones are fluctuating all the time. Um, but when you're speaking about specifically food and nutrition. When I didn't have a period, I guess I should back up and first say one common misconception is that when you are on hormone, the hormonal birth control pill, women will say that they still get a period. That isn't a true period. It's a withdrawal bleed. Marketers created that when the pill first came out because they were nervous that if a female did not get a period, if they didn't get a bleed, they would freak out. And so they added the placebo pills for a week so that the woman would feel better. Like, oh, I'm still bleeding. I'm still getting a period, but it's just a withdrawal bleed from not taking the hormones that week. So it's not a true period. So you don't necessarily know if you do have one um, while you're on the pill. So I didn't have any sort of bleed when I was on the pill. I just completely lost that. But then once I transitioned off of it, it took me about 18 months to regain a natural cycle because of all the years that I had been suppressing my hormones being on the pill. So that can be one thing. How, how many years were you on that? Um, I think I got on it when I was 18, 18 or 19, and then came off of it at 30. So a long time. I've talked to women that had started at 15. I've talked to women that are still on it that started at 15 and they're 45 or 50. I just spoke with a 53-year-old who's scared to come off the pill. And it's like, you're in menopause, I'm sure, by now. That's interesting why they're even scared to come off of it. They were first providing the, the, the symptoms that they had that the default was let's go on birth control to control your acne, your heavy periods, your 
your mood swings are, they're afraid they're going to get those back if they stop the pill. She was afraid that she was going to get pregnant is specifically what she had said. And a lot of people are not connected. A lot of menstruators, people who bleed are not connected with the four phases of the cycle. They don't understand the fertile window. They're not even really sure how to know when menopause has started or perimenopause. So a lot of it is lack of education, which isn't the woman's fault. It's like, we don't learn this stuff in school, you know? And I was fortunate to have a mom who is a hormone health educator who was asking me, you know, is there another alternative for you being on hormonal birth control? You know, it's really not great for your body. And I just honestly ignored her because I was so afraid of being pregnant. And there weren't a lot of non-hormonal options at the time that were effective. For me, when I came off the pill, it took me that amount of time to get a natural cycle back. For other women, it can take longer. It took me only that amount of time. Um, I think I said 18 months. I think it was a little less than that. It was like a year and three months. Um, but I was supporting my body. I had my mom guiding me. I had tested my hormones. I was replenishing my body with key nutrients that the pill depleted. There's a lot of things that we have to look at. I had yo-yo dieted for 12 years. So I was very nutrient deficient. I was not allowing myself any carbohydrates, basically, unless I was binging on them on the weekends. But during the week, I was orthorexic, which is the obsession with eating what I deemed the perfect foods. And if I veered off of that and had a carb or drank alcohol, that was me being bad. And so then I deserved to be punished, which meant that I was starting on a no-carb diet on Monday and going to the gym for an hour and a half. And so when you're not eating carbohydrates, especially nutrient-rich carbohydrates, you're probably not getting in enough fiber, first of all, which is the key nutrient to detoxifying the liver and sweeping out excess hormones like estrogen, um, supporting the gut. And the gut plays a huge role in our hormones and our liver health. And so I wasn't getting enough fiber. Um, I'm sure I wasn't getting enough vitamins and minerals because I was very focused on calories and not nutrient density. So if something was low calorie, that meant it was quote unquote good. So that meant I was eating those hundred calorie packs of processed food all the time, or like a rice cake with some cream cheese spread on it for breakfast and a coffee, you know, and like not focusing on how to pair foods, not focusing on eating the rainbow of fruits and vegetables, which means that I was lacking a lot of those minerals. And then on top of it, hormonal birth control depletes key minerals like magnesium and selenium and vitamin C. And so I was very depleted just from being on the pill, but then also from not eating a wide variety of foods. So number one is replenishing the body with key vitamins and minerals. I think getting on a really high quality prenatal vitamin, even if you're not trying to conceive, is incredibly important. We love the brand Ova Moon, created for women by women, um, all natural. You're getting the right um, proportion of vitamins and minerals that you need. You're getting folate instead of folic acid. So really, really important to be on a high quality prenatal. Um, if you are trying to conceive and you're coming off the pill, you know, you want to be taking that for a year. Um, I would say before you start trying. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing was adding back in carbohydrates doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're going zero to 60 and going from eating 1200 calories to 2000. That's going to freak you out. Right. Um, but for me, it was, and I just talked about this the other day on Instagram, I decided to add one serving of carbohydrates to one meal a day, every day for a week, and then check in with my body. How did I feel? Then the next week I would add in another serving and I would try to go for more nutrient rich variations. And that way, I got my body adjusted to having that and slowly adding in more calories. Mm -hmm. And I started to sleep better. I had more energy. I felt more satiated. I wasn't binging and restricting as much because I was actually allowing myself to have avocado toast instead of, you know, a lettuce wrapped sandwich. Um, so, and then it was dialing back on extreme exercise. I used to do a ton of HIIT training, um, pretty much all cardio. And I switched from that to doing a lot more strength training and restorative movement. And that allowed my cortisol stress hormone levels to get in a better range. Um, major stressors for skipping ovulation and not having a cycle um, are under eating and over exercising. And, um, you know, other stressors like emotional and physical stress. So, you know, too much caffeine, too much alcohol. So it really was for me, the biggest things were, were 
repleting the nutrients that were depleted, adding in more food gradually, focusing first on nutrient-dense foods, but then, you know, allowing myself some fun foods too, because that's important for your mental health. And then um, supporting the gut, supporting the liver, um, cutting way back on the high intensity, more strength training, and just being kinder to my body and um, really tuning in, starting to listen to the messages it was sending me instead of ignoring it. And um, I did do some natural bioidentical progesterone cream to help balance out my progesterone and estrogen levels, which my mom can speak to later. Um, and I truly believe that that's those things are the are the major um, major factors that brought back a cycle. And those are also things that I would recommend for most women. Those are great tips. And I love the tip of starting a prenatal vitamin, even if you are, you know, not pregnant, because those vitamins are, there's tons of different nutrients in those. So if maybe you're just lacking something, that's a great tip to really just boost your nutrition intake. You don't have to be pregnant or, you know, even trying to get pregnant to to take those. Um, so that's a great tip. And then also too, like, birth control, I know that messes with, um, your, your pheromones, you know, and choosing the right mate. And it's crazy how many people can get off of that and not even, and they'll choose someone completely different. I'm not sure if you've heard of that or not. It's just a little fun fact. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it changes your entire body, your gut health. Um, yeah, your hormones. I mean, if you're on the pill, you know, um, then you are suppressing ovulation, um, which is when we produce progesterone and, you know, that can lead to hormonal imbalances that can affect everything because as my mom says, and I'll let her finish this thought out, but hormones rule. And I feel like mom, you're the best at explaining this, but what you're saying about it impacts the mate that you choose. Um, it's because your hormones literally control everything from like your mood to your mental health, to your energy levels, your weight. I mean, truly everything. I just was thinking about the, um, the symptoms that I, I think people should know about, because I also often say people become their symptoms, not realizing that they are symptoms of, uh, as Jess put it, a hidden hormonal imbalance, which can so affect every aspect of who we are. Um, and so it's important to know that if you are, you, you know, if Brad Pitt is sitting across the room and you're not attracted to him, then, you, you know, you probably got something going on with, with low androgens, low testosterone or DHEA. If you're stressed when you wake up in the morning, but you're, you're tired, you know, you're wired and tired to the point where, you you don't have any energy in the morning, but at night you're ready to run a marathon. That's a symptom of cortisol imbalance, the, the stress hormones that are so dependent on a proper amount of progesterone because progesterone and all of the hormones actually break down to other hormones. So if we're suppressing ovulation through the use of birth control, synthetic birth control, if we're suppressing ovulation because we're over-exercising to the point where the body is is perceiving it as a stressor and stopping ovulation because we don't want to be ovulating when we're crossing the you know the the mountains the mountain pass escaping from the Taliban the body <laughs> perceives stress you know stress is a is a perceived thing and the body in its wisdom any kind of high stressor like restricting food under eating over exercising suppressing ovulation all of these things um will, you know, so impact hormone production. And in young women, I often see uh, they have the symptoms of a woman in menopause. They have no libido. They have vaginal dryness. Their skin is wrinkling. They have mood swings. They're um, irritable. They can't sleep. Uh, you know, these are all symptoms of hormonal imbalance. In younger women, uh, it can be, you know, they're, they're, um, they they are in using the birth control for 15 years, as we were just talking, they're actually, um, what is the word, uh, duplicating the effects of, of the, the menopause, which also doesn't need to be a terrible experience if women know that replenishing hormones naturally with bioidenticals and, and also the foods that support the gut, because of course the gut is so involved in the metabolism 
and um, you know the packaging and the metabolism and the excretion of hormones so that they don't recirculate and and collect and accumulate in the body, which can be a real problem. We want hormones to be produced, to be used, to go down the proper pathways, the detoxification pathways, be detoxified and then eliminated uh, through the, you know, the action of the liver and the gut. So these things have to be supported. And that's where we get into the importance of eating nutrient dense foods of the good fats and proteins, which are the building blocks of hormones and supporting the the gut by making sure we're not eating inflammatory foods the way Jesse was describing the way she used to eat which was a, a mystery to me i didn't i didn't know all of that she kept a lot of that to herself especially <laughs> in her college days but you know this way of eating and exercising and and restricting and stressing yourself is such an inflammatory uh kind of behavior that really translates to the gut and when the gut is inflamed we, I'm sure you know all about Bethany, the leaky gut and the reabsorption of bad bacteria. We have to, you know, this can become a real problem because we have an actual estrobolome that actually has so much to do within the microbiome of 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 creating a proper pathway for estrogens and other hormones to be used properly by the body and to be eliminated. And to actually, uh, that estrobolum also has particular bacteria with particular genes that can actually turn the good foods, the lignans, the, the vegetables and the fruits and all the good foods we eat into phytoestrogens, plant-based mm -hmm. estrogens that protect us in many ways. You know, phytoestrogens that are created in the gut can actually block uh, bad bad hormones or bad chemical uh, mimickers of estrogen can block them from hitting the receptor sites where hormones do their work, or they can help to increase hormone levels when our levels are low. So anyway, the point being, know your symptoms. That's the first sign of aware. You know, it's the first place where awareness begins. If you go to yourhormonebalance.com, we have a very nice symptom quiz that Jesse put together. Actually, she revised it and it's so much more fun now. But doing the symptom quiz can, can give you a really good idea if some of these symptoms you've become habituated to are actually signs of hormone imbalance. I mean, how many women think that having a heavy, painful period is just normal? Their mother did, their sister did, and that's just the way of it. Or having irregular cycles. The, you know, you should never really have pain uh, with your period. It can be a bit of discomfort, but you shouldn't be laid low by it. Like some of my college roommates who couldn't go to school or some of these people that I hear say they, they can't go to work, they're incapacitated. That's not normal. And yet so many people accept that as, oh, I, I thought that was, I heard you on a podcast say that it wasn't normal to have a heavy painful period. And I really didn't realize that, you know, I hear this all the time. Yeah. yeah. Many women, I think something like 70% of women with hormonal imbalances have gut problems, some kind of dysbiosis, which can further affect, you know, long-term problems like endometriosis, which is one of the most painful things women suffer. All right. You may not know this about me, but every morning before I drink my daily coffee, I actually drink electrolytes first. There's two reasons I do this. One, your body is naturally dehydrated from the previous night's sleep and is craving hydration. And two, coffee actually dehydrates you, even though it is technically a liquid. So rule of thumb, hydrate before you caffeinate. I personally use Element electrolytes in my morning routine. It's literally the first thing I drink every single morning. I stick to their raw, unflavored version, which contains no sugar, no flavorings, no coloring, and no fillers. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of salt, magnesium, and potassium. And their unflavored version has only those three ingredients. Element is by far the cleanest electrolyte drink I've found on the market, and I've been looking for a while. Other electrolyte drink mixes have added sugar, maltodextrin, dextrose, gums, and even added oils. Electrolytes are essential for our body to function. So you want to not only make sure you are getting them in your body, but you are getting the best kind. There's also research to back that when you keep hydrated, 
there are lower risks of anxiety and depression in individuals. So whether you just finished a workout, sauna session, or just waking up in the morning, Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for those following a keto, low-carb, vegan, or paleo diet. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packs free with any Element order. To get eight free packs, you must go to drinklmnt.com slash digest to get this offer. Element also has a no questions asked refund policy. So you can try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. You have nothing to lose. So go to drinklmnt.com slash digest to get this amazing offer. I'll also leave that link in today's show notes so you can easily scroll down and order with just one easy tap. Well, that's something I actually did want to bring up is gut issues with hormonal imbalance because if first of all, if you're if you have gut issues, you're not able to absorb the nutrients and get all of the things that need to balance out your hormones. However, if your hormones are out of balance, can that cause digestive issues? So it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? You see what I mean? Like, so if your hormones are imbalanced, can can you get digestive issues from hormonal imbalance, or is it the the other way around, where your your gut is so so a wreck that now your hormones are a wreck? Yeah. Well, there's there's um the fact that estrogen and progesterone have a lot to do with the way the gut, with peristalsis. So estrogen is very linked to the motility, as they say, of the intestinal process. It increases it, it keeps it humming along so that we're digesting our food properly. Progesterone also has a role in in help, you know, those two hormones work together um, during the cycle, throughout the menstrual cycle, and they control, they have so much to do with how, you know, how, how digestion works. So if we are in a state of imbalance because of the use of birth control or any of these, or, or because of the exposure to uh, excess estrogens in our environment, that can be through heavy metal exposure, through using toxic chemicals in our makeup, in our personal care products, that can throw off our, our estrogen progesterone balance to the point where perhaps estrogen becomes excessive and progesterone is, when estrogen is excessive, it overpowers progesterone. And now we have an imbalance in the way the digestive peristaltic action is happening. Now we have, if we have estrogen dominance, which we can identify in in testing, we have a problem because now we're, you know, again, we're we're having a, a low progesterone situation and we're not producing the right stress, amount of stress hormone. You know, we're not producing a healthy balance of cortisol so that it's highest in the morning <clears throat> and gradually depleting throughout the day to the lowest point at night. Now we have people who have high high cortisol at night, which interrupts appetite hormones. Um, you know, the appetite hormones are processed on this. They, they work along the same circadian rhythms as the sleep-wake cycle. So now we have a disruption in in our in our um appetite hormones so that ghrelin the hunger hormone is now increased and we're hungry all the time and we have cravings and leptin the hormone that keeps us satiated is is lowered through this upset in cortisol stress hormones so now we're we're um we're not we're feeling hungry all the time we're not getting the the nutrition we're not absorbing the foods properly too this all affects the gut not to mention that estrogen if it's off it's so it if estrogen is is fluctuating and out of balance that affects serotonin levels and maybe Jesse can speak to the serotonin in the gut well you know about 90% of serotonin is actually produced in the gut and a lot of think people think about it being produced in the brain but it's mostly the gut. So it's interesting, like if you have anxiety, a lot of times that manifests in, you know, butterflies or, um, 
you know, kind of butterflies in the gut, like anxiety and. Right. You feel like you're going to throw up or you're like, oh my gosh, I'm nauseous. Yeah, exactly. You just feel off. Your digestion isn't great. And it's funny because (laughs) when your serotonin is low or it's off, um, that makes sense that you would actually feel it. You would manifest it in that way. And so, yeah, I mean, you definitely want to eat foods that nourish the gut so that you can produce healthy levels of serotonin. When your serotonin is low, that obviously impacts your mental health, your mood, but also impacts your menstrual cycle. Um, and so, you know, during that premenstrual week, you really want high levels of serotonin so that you, because serotonin and estrogen work together to regulate pain. And so if you're estrogen and your serotonin levels are off, everything can feel more painful during that premenstrual week. So um, yeah, it is like this kind of crazy cycle. Uh, you want to be, again, with estrogen, you want it, you, we, we need estrogen, but we definitely want it to be in balance with progesterone. And if we aren't supporting the gut and we aren't supporting the liver with key nutrients, and we aren't excreting the excess estrogen via regular bowel movements, then it's recirculating in the body and wreaking more havoc, throwing off serotonin. I mean, it is this kind of toxic cycle and it's it all goes together. Everything in the body is connected. And so I don't think you can just isolate one thing. You know, some people will say like, oh, I just need to focus on lowering my cortisol or I just need to focus on my gut health but everything needs to be, everything goes hand in hand. It all works together. So by supporting the gut, you're supporting the liver. Um, By bringing down your stress and focusing on reducing cortisol, you're you're also supporting the gut and the liver. Um, So it's all interconnected. And yeah, I mean, I hope that helps answer your question. There's just so much to cover when it comes to, yeah, how to support the gut and liver and its connection with hormones. But yeah, it, it definitely is important to support the gut um, to prevent hormonal imbalances. Um, but also if your gut is off, then that could mean that you already have hormonal imbalances. Yeah. And, and so many things can affect the gut. I mean, you could just eat something that's t- completely toxic and that, you know, can cause it. Um, but there's, this is a random question, but apparently, is it true that if you eat a raw carrot, it'll get rid of excess estrogen? Have you ever heard that before? One long raw carrot? There's certainly a whole association between um, cruciferous vegetables. I don't think carrot qualifies as a cruciferous vegetable. No, but there's this kind of trend right now that's a raw carrot salad. And um, it's actually a lot of people are recommending it, like people that I actually really look up to too. And I have never tried it. I want to, but it's because they contain... (laughs) these undigestible fibers that help to detoxify excess estrogen from the body. So it's in that way, helping to prevent the reabsorption of estrogen and support the liver. And so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely helpful, but I don't, I don't see how it could be more beneficial than to my mom's point of eating an abundance of cruciferous vegetables. But I think it's in alignment with that. Um, But yeah, there's like a million raw ca- carrot salad recipes out there. And I actually wanted to make one and, and post about it on Instagram. So I'm like, I got to hop on this trend. It definitely looks good. And it's something that you could enjoy every day if you want to, but there's a lot of other ways um, to support secreting excess estrogen. If you don't love raw carrots, you don't have to eat them every day. Right. I feel like that's like, exactly. I feel like it could be just a trend. I mean, I don't know, maybe there's some science to back it, but they do contain fiber. And for people that have IBS, uh, raw vegetables just don't sit well. And so that could be another issue. There's definitely science on the side of the uh, the um, the eating every meal, some cruciferous vegetables. So that's talking broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, cooked or steamed, not raw kale, um, these these vegetables are known to contain uh, an enzyme that creates uh, indole-3-carbinol, which is actually very instrumental in, in the breakdown of uh, estrogens. There are three pathways in the, in, in the body, in the system that, 
that um, metabolize estrogen and, and you don't want to metabolize estrogen down two of those pathways. You want it to be converted to the 2OH pathway, which nobody needs to remember, but the two pathway is the good one where estrogens are properly metabolized and excreted from the body. So we use it, we lose it. And the way that we promote that proper metabolism down that good detox pathway is by I mean, one of the natural holistic ways is to eat as many cruciferous vegetables as possible. Now that could take, you know, pounds and pounds of cruciferous vegetables to equal what we can get by using DIM, which is the, um, the what indole-3-carbonyl turns into, dindole-L-methane. So DIM is actually available in a capsule and when I talk to women, when we talk to women that have high estrogen levels and are have been estrogen dominant for years, their progesterone is low, their estrogen is high, or they may have a relative imbalance just where the ratio of those two hormones is off. And they've been having symptoms of estrogen dominance, weight gain, gut problems, bloating. That's huge. That's, a, that, that's so common among women with estrogen dominance. When we see these symptoms, weight gain that you that has been steady that you can't lose breast tenderness the bloating the the water retention um the mood swings all of that we often do we always do suggest that one of the natural ways to start moving that excess estrogen down and out is to use cruciferous vegetables as much as possible and or dim and so we fiber. know the science is good yeah. And the fiber, of course, is is major, which is probably where the carrot comes in. Right. Well, I'm always putting, um, st- I always steam my cauliflower and then, and then I freeze it. And then I put the cauliflower in my, in my smoothies. That's awesome. So, I love doing that too. It makes it creamy. It makes it so creamy. You're getting your, your fiber and it's easy to digest because it's previously steamed and then it's frozen. I know we're, we're talking about food, but what are some specific foods that you can kind of like maybe the top five foods that kind of can help support hormone balance? You can actually make, I've been, I saved it because I want to do it as a reel myself, but have you ever made, Bethany, you probably have, have you ever made homemade jam with frozen fruit and chia seeds? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Right. And a great source of fiber and protein. This is what I like to do. And I have a reel on my, um, on my Instagram, but I don't eat chia seeds because they can get stuck in your gut because of diverticulitis, right? And those little pockets. So I don't eat chia seeds or chia pudding. However, I have made chia pudding and it gets that like gel consistency. And then after it gels, I blend it and like whip it up. Yeah. So then it's like a creamy gel basically. And then that's easier to digest. I think I saw that on your page because I I saved that and I was like, oh my God, that's so genius. Like that's such, such, such a great way for people that can't absorb it as well. But also some people just don't like the consistency. The texture, yeah. Yeah. But in terms of the foods, chia is one of those nutrient-dense plant-based proteins that we definitely want to be eating to promote proper hormone balance because basically, and in general, it comes down to the building blocks, the good fats, the good fiber and the nutrient-dense proteins are absolutely integral to the body producing proper hormones. And whenever I um, talk to women who have been vegan or plant-based for years and I'm looking at their test results and their levels are very low, you have to have that conversation because many plant-based people are, um, you know, admittedly not getting enough complete proteins and often not getting enough good fats and their go-to can often be simple carbohydrates, not even, you know, the complex mm-hmm. carbohydrates. Yeah. So I, you know, that bottom line is important. Also the cruciferous vegetables I mentioned again, um, the, the zinc, the B6, the, the vitamin, the, the B vitamins, particularly B5 and B6 are so important for adrenal support to support proper cortisol production. And, you know, by the way, we talk about reducing cortisol because it's considered a stress hormone, but it is the hormone that mobilizes our response to stress that regulates our blood sugar and insulin. Um, So, you know, very important Mm -hmm. to how that's all processed. So beef, beef, you were talking about different B vitamins. I would say, would, would you say beef is one of the top foods? 
Yeah, I would say if you can eat meat, grass-fed beef is great because, yeah. Um, yeah, you're getting those B vitamins, but you're also getting iron. And especially for those who menstruate due to the blood loss um, from your period during the menstrual week, <clears throat> we are depleted of that iron and zinc. So we want to replenish. So that's a really good time to eat more red meat, bone broth, pumpkin seeds, dark chocolate, like raw cacao is one of the richest sources. Nutritional um, yeast is a good one. Nutritional yeast, leafy greens. But I would also say if, if you can't do grass-fed beef, there are other ways like oysters, you know, there's ways to get in um, these key nutrients. B6 vitamins, you can get in abundance and things like sweet potatoes, chickpeas, bananas, oats, organic, glyphosate free. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's the thing is hearing my mom speak about, you know, make sure you're getting in enough protein. I could not agree more. I talk about the importance of protein all the time because I find that most women are unintentionally under eating it, even those that aren't plant-based. But the thing is, it's equally important where your protein comes from, because we could see someone who's eating 140 grams of protein a day, hitting their protein goals, but all of the protein is coming from conventional dairy, conventional meat, you know, conventional eggs. And these cows are getting shot up with growth hormones. They're injecting antibiotics, you know, ingesting antibiotics. They're getting pesticides. So it's the quality and the quantity. It has to be both. And so a lot of plant-based eaters, if they're plant-based vegan, they may actually be a lot healthier than the meat eater, um, especially because you know they're probably more focused on the quality of the food if they're plant-based. I, I would if say there's a difference between plant-based vegan and vegan. Totally. The vegans that are eating the fake meat and all of that is completely like different category. <laughs> Yeah, what Jesse's talking about with the um, the protein sources that are shot up with hormones, this is still a major problem with factory farming. And so, one of the when you talk about what are the foods we want to eat, they they need it needs to be organic. So, when we're talking grass fed, we're talking about an animal that hasn't been shot up with hormones. But look for the label on the the meat, the poultry, mm-hmm. um, free range, the eggs, yeah. the, eggs the cheese. It, uh, that says, you know, no artificial hormones. You're looking for no artificial hormones, no RBST. These animals were raised without hormones. It can't, it's not good enough if it says no added hormones. It needs to say, because there can still be hormone, they could have still been injected or whatever. It needs to say no artificial hormones. And a lot of people don't know these things. These these hormones are, they act exactly like estrogens in the body, but they're toxic estrogens. We call them xeno which means foreign or, you know, foreign to the body. And they can mimic estrogen. They can actually even displace estrogens that are occurring naturally in the body at the cellular level, at their receptor site. So sort of like somebody kicks in the door and starts flipping all the switches and kicks everybody out that should be there and then stays and occupies that site and overstimulates the system and creates havoc. So when we talk about the causes of hormone imbalance, eating foods that are shot up with these hormones is this, you know, is, is it's being passed down to you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we, we shoot up these animals to make them fat, fatter, fatter, faster. And then we, who becomes fast, who becomes <laughs> faster is, is us. Well, and same goes for, like we said, vegans, um, quality, right? So if you're just eating, tofu that's not organic, or you're eating a bunch of soy, drinking a ton of soy milk, doing like soy protein isolate, um, soy bars, like that too. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You're getting in all your protein, but then again, that could be really impacting your gut. And I see so many people that are trying even just to go dairy free and using all these dairy free alternatives and having like extreme stomach aches and like bloating and gas all day and just feeling like a balloon. Um, and so it's, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much general guidance out there where it's like, oh, just eat protein or, oh, you know, veganism isn't healthy or whatever, but it's like, there's so many intricacies and there's a middle ground for everything. And I think it's really about finding a way of eating that works for you and your unique body that feels really good. And then it's understanding how to read labels, understanding how to choose 80% of the time the foods that are best going to support your gut and your hormones and your sleep and balance your blood sugar levels. Again, it's not just 
the foods that you eat. It's the combination of foods that you eat, the macronutrient balance that you put together at every meal, pairing your naked carbohydrates, dressing them up with protein and fats and fibers to balance out your blood sugar levels so that you're not thinking about food an hour later, so that you're not hangry, so that you're not moody, so that you have you know, great energy levels, brain function, you feel really sharp throughout the day. So many people are used to just being hungry, having obsessive food thoughts, getting bloated after they eat something, having a stomach ache all the time. Like that's not normal. Really, truly, if you're eating foods and a macronutrient balance that supports your body and eating foods that you enjoy, which is key, I think you should be loving everything that you're eating. Then really it's like, you should look up at dinner time and be like, oh, it's time for dinner. Wasn't even thinking about it because I felt so satiated and I wasn't looking around for, you know, sweets all day long. I had stable energy levels. So I didn't have to race to Starbucks and wait in an hour long line. Otherwise I'm going to not be able to make it through the day. Like I can get home and play with my kids after work without feeling like I just need to go straight to bed. So this is what Jesse does for our clients, which is amazing. She helps them where gets them where they are and helps them pair the right food. She also, I love her swap, your, your swap outs where yeah, sexy right. swaps. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Brilliant. Cause there's always a better alternative. We are so lucky now that we have alternatives for all of these, th- these poorly uh, processed foods. We don't need to eat those. The standard American diet needs to be banned. Okay. I agree 80% because I think 20% <laughs> of our lives we should be able to enjoy not perfect foods. Like mom, you love wine. Is Wine is a neurotoxin. I love a cocktail. A cocktail, like- In moderation. Know, in moderation, right. <laughs> but like, we're not always eating per- the perfect foods and no. eating 100% organic. Like we go out to restaurants as a family and we're not the family that asks like, is this pasteurized? Are these pasteurized eggs? Or like, how has this <laughs> fish- you know, we don't do that. We just enjoy our food. Is it wild cod fish? We enjoy our foods as a family. I was just in Oregon home for Christmas and we, you know, we eat really healthy as a family, but we also treat ourselves. And, um, I think that having that balance and enjoying life, which I didn't do for 12 years because I was so obsessed is a part of balancing your hormones is a part of reducing stress being so stressed out about what you're eating all the time and feeling like you have to be perfect, that can cause you to skip your cycle because you're so freaking uptight. I was so uptight and my mom can attest to that. I was not fun to be around. And so I think that there does need to be a balance in everything that we do. And that's why the name of our business is Your Hormone Balance. And maybe the word balance is overused, but it's hard to find another word, you know? Balancing your life is balancing your hormones. And that's so key. You know, um, and I do want to touch base, just kind of switch gears just a little bit, because I know I really want to talk a little bit about um, alternatives to birth control, like natural um, alternatives and what options there are. Yeah. Um, so we're really fortunate because now we do have more options. Um, and not only that, but there's more education around options that have always existed but that we didn't really know that much about in the past. Um, So of course there are condoms. You can always use a condom during your fertile window, but that also requires understanding when your fertile window is. You don't need to be using a condom every day of the month because there's only up to six days a month where you can actually get pregnant. And there's still a lot of lack of education around that. Um, If you are going to use condoms, we definitely suggest going non-toxic because there's toxic ingredients in condoms, which can impact your vaginal microbiome and your hormones. And so we love the brand Sustain and Lola. Those are some really good ones. Um, But the one that we like the most, so there is the copper IUD. Um, That is not without side effects. It can be pretty painful to insert for some women. And a large percentage of women do experience heavier bleeding and a lot of discomfort and cramping. And I've actually talked to a lot of women who have had a really bad experience using the copper IUD. It is um, non-hormonal. So if you want that assurance of, okay, I'm going to put it in and I'm going to not have to think about it, that is really helpful, right? For some people, you need that assurance. You need to know that you just put it in and you're done and you don't have to worry about it. Some people have a good experience 
And so I do like to give that as an option. Um, that said, you know, you want to be mindful of, of the downsides. We have a blog on our um, website, yourhormonebalance.com. If you type in um, hormonal birth control, it'll break down the different non-hormonal options. It'll talk about the pros and cons of the copper IUD. Um, one thing to note is that it can cause zinc deficiency by off-balancing copper and zinc levels in the body. Um, zinc is really important for progesterone production and ovulation. So you definitely want to supplement with high quality zinc and zinc rich foods. Um, but it can be a good option for some women. Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate, <laughs> right? Enjoy that. Another one, I'm going to go through these really quick, but another one is Fexi and it's a lot newer and um, it's a gel. So you can use it only when you have sex and it has to be used within an hour of sexual intercourse. Um, you have to use it the right way. So make sure that you read all about it. Um, but it is 86% effective with typical use and 99% effective based on, uh, they did a study, the brand did a study with 25,000 acts of sex. A hundred of those people got pregnant, which showed that it was 99% percent effective using right before or within an hour of sex. But the FDA had them put on the label, it's 86% effective with typical use because they made them include women who didn't use the product at all or who used it incorrectly after sex. Mm -hmm. So it's actually really effective and less than 2% of people experience side effects, which is low for a contraceptive product. Um, it is newer though, so definitely look into that option. The one that we like the most is the fertility awareness method and more specifically, the symptothermal method. And fertility awareness has been around for a long time, but there's a lot of different ways of practicing it. And so the symptothermal method includes tracking your symptoms, including your cervical mucus changes throughout the month and your temperature, and then also obviously tracking your cycle length. Um, so it's between 99.4 and 99.6% effective with perfect use and 98.4% effective with typical use, which is amazing uh, because the hormonal birth control is 91% effective with typical use and 99% effective with perfect use. The thing is with the fertility awareness method, it requires you to be on top of it and learning your body. So you want to give it at least three months of practice before using it as your primary method. Um, but what you need for the method is one, to know your cycle length. So you want to track on a calendar the first day that you start your period, that's day one. And then the last day before you get your next period is the final day. So a healthy cycle is anywhere between about 25 and 34, 35 days long. Um, and then from there, you want to check your cervical mucus, which, which changes throughout the month. It gets more sticky and stretchy, kind of like egg whites. And you can stretch it between your fingers as you approach ovulation, which signals peak fertility. So that's a great time to have sex if you are trying to conceive or to use a barrier method, such as non-toxic condoms, if you are not. Um, when you start to see your cervical mucus go from drier to more like hand lotion, that's the closer that you're getting to ovulation. And then once it gets sticky, that's the peak. So as you start to see those changes, you want to be mindful and know that sperm can survive inside of you for up to six days. So um, that's why the ovulation phase is about six days. That six days that sperm, five to six days that sperm can survive inside of you and the one day of ovulation, which is between four and 24 hours, depending on the female. And then you want to be careful like the day after ovulation as well. Um, but that's where uh, cervical fluid can kind of show you, okay, I'm approaching that fertile window. And then taking your basal body temperature, which you can do through an app like Natural Cycles or Temp Drop, um, different benefits to each one, um, different cons to each one. But Temp Drop is probably the most accurate because it's an armband that you wear throughout the night. And, um, but natural cycles is a really good option too. Your temperature increases by about 0.5 to one degree after ovulation, which means that you're now in the luteal phase that you're no longer fertile, but you want to get at least three to four high temperature day readings along with that, um, 
the peak cervical fluid before to confirm ovulation because temperature can be finicky. If you get up to go to the bathroom, if you drank alcohol, if you were sick, if you traveled, those things can all increase your temperature. Um, so with natural cycles, which is a thermometer and an app, you know, you want to be really mindful of that. But with temp drop, it filters out those disruptions. So it's really accurate and it creates an algorithm for you. So both of those options are good, but like I said, pros and cons um, to each one. So yeah, it's essentially tracking your cycle length, cervical fluid, and temperature throughout the month. And don't go based on just what I'm saying, because this should be like a whole podcast episode to understand how to do the method correctly. Um, but I would definitely suggest uh, reading our blog post, just type in fertility awareness method. Um, I would also suggest the podcast healing hormones with Nina Boyce. She's a fertility awareness educator, and she has a ton of episodes on how to do it. She has a course. So, um, once you get the hang of it, it's amazing. I've been using it for three years now, um, successfully preventing pregnancy. I find it to be really easy, super empowering. You get more in tune with your symptoms, with your cycle, just with your body in general, and you're not having to inject or ingest anything. I feel like everyone should be doing this and just being more aware and in tune with their body. And this is great. And you do offer online health coaching uh, and you have hormonal test kits on your website. So you have um, tons of options and you have great recipes on your website. So um, I really appreciate all this information. I need to have you guys back because I, we could just go forever. Um, so where where can people find you? Pimp yourself out. What's your Instagram? And where where can people go? Okay, so I'll try to do this quick. So we're at yourhormonebalance.com. That's where you can take our symptom quiz. Super super helpful. Great first step. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at yourhormonebalance and Body Bliss by Jess. Um, if you go to yourhormonebalance.com, if you're interested in testing your hormones, um, you can check out our testing and rebalancing packages and you can use the code digestthis50 for $50 off any of our packages. And each of our packages comes with education around nutrition, exercise, lifestyle, basic supplementation recommendations to help move the needle. Um, and from there, you can choose to add on different things to support you even more, like a session with my mom, a session with me, um, to just help you um, get going and feel really confident. Um, so that's what I'd recommend there. If you're interested in having someone support you all the time, I just launched one-on-one -on -one online hormone coaching via a custom app. So I can actually build out a completely customized meal plan with macronutrients to fit your aesthetic and hormone health goals, as well as individualized hormone supportive workouts that even align with the different phases of your cycle if you want. Um, and then you also get weekly check-ins and unlimited chat support. So that's awesome. Just launched that literally last week and it's been amazing so far. So if you're interested in that, you can go to bodyblessbyjess.net and then just mention digest this and I can give you a little deal. But between the two, like that's full support for getting to the root of your hormones and then having that accountability and guidance as you start to make those changes, because I truly feel like it can be a bit overwhelming. So if you have support and you have guidance, you're going to see results and you're going to feel so much better. And we all need, we all need that extra help. If people talk with me, I'm basically reviewing test results and explaining what they mean because that's a big issue. But a lot of people don't know, you know, we test estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and all four cortisol levels. And there's a lot of information in a test result. So we can talk for 45 minutes to an hour just about what all of these levels mean and how they relate to the hormones that were tested and how that relates to the symptoms you're experiencing. And then, of course, our rebalancing package provides so much. But if you really want to get the support Jesse's talking about, Jess is the one to consult with because she can, can really help take people after that test result through the what next part. What do I do now? You know, so many people feel helpless and you need not feel helpless in our hands. Well, so many people need your guys's help. So thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thanks for helping us spread the word. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, 
sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of Digest This comes one of Apple Podcasts' top 10 nutrition shows, hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming. But that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.